Welcome to the SUP Podcast with your hosts, Louis and Moitze. Every week, we ask each other what's up with our businesses. What are we struggling with? What's going well? And what interesting things from the world of bootstrapping do we have on our minds today? Follow along, and if you like what you hear, support us by leaving a rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. On with the show. Hey, Moitze, how's it going? Uh, doing pretty well this week. Yeah, I have a few updates to share, but let me first ask you how your week has been because I know that you've had a crazy week with the internet being down and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Wednesday evening for us in, in Switzerland, we were getting some news from the election through and wasn't looking so great things started to turn a little bit and at that point my network provider just decided to stop working for three days on and off so I was missing calls I couldn't even email people to tell them I was going to miss the call and I ended up standing outside in the freezing rain in front of a library which was closed trying to use their wi-fi to to send desperate emails telling people I'm I'm not there which was a lot of fun Wow. Like we, it's it's so funny how we cannot imagine the days where we didn't have reliable internet connection. Yeah. It's so weird when this happens. I think it was, was it like one year ago when we had some other problems in Slovenia, I was just on the road and trying to respond to a couple of the emails. My husband and I were driving somewhere. I remember. And like my network connection, like on my phone provider, like it went dark for three hours, not three days, but I still, it was like the end of the world for me. We were trying to navigate using Google maps and stuff like we couldn't navigate anymore. So we were completely lost, but it's so funny how we've come to a point as a society where like reliable internet connection is, yeah, like we cannot imagine a world without it. Yes. Yeah. It was just, it was terrible. It was <laughs> the worst time. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be at least half back online. I had to buy a, a different, like a SIM card basically to, to get back online, which took a while, but we are here now. The quality seems okay-ish. Yeah. And there was good news as well. My gym decided to reopen. Yes. So <laughs> that cheered me up so much. And then also the election results coming in seemed pretty cheery as well over yeah. the last day or so. So I am all in all pretty happy. Didn't really do much this week, but a pretty successful end to the week. It was like a holiday week for you then. <laughs> it, it was, uh, this week, I don't know. It was more like, it was like one of those dreams that you have mm. where you're back at school and you're about to sit a really important exam, but you can't quite make your hands work. Oh, and I everything is dreams. yeah, everything is going wrong and you're really nervous. And then all of a sudden you realize, hang on, this is a dream. I'm 29. I don't <laughs> go to school and everything is fine. And you have that kind of sense of relief. And I think that's what happened to me today. I've, yep. I've realized none of this is real. It's all okay. I have the gym. I have internet again. Uh, <laughs> yep. There isn't a, an orange dictator for much longer, we're going to be okay. <laughs> what have you learned from this experience, knowing that the gym can, like, 
during this time, the gym can close at any time. Are you going to buy that equipment or not <laughs> that we talked about on the last episode? Yeah, I don't think I am because touch wood, I don't think they're going to close the gym again because I like it's really, really, I'm really impressed with how they've done it the gym and I don't, we don't have to go into this too much but basically <laughs> what they've done is the entire gym they like you now have to book in advance when you want to go oh, and they only okay. let 10 people in at once into the entire gym for a mm-hmm. two-hour session like you can go anytime in that two hours then they oh. close the gym down for an hour and a half they like ventilate the whole thing they clean everything and then they let 10 more people in for another two hours like mm. throughout the day so I've already booked in all of my sessions and yeah, like they, they said in the whole of Switzerland so far, they haven't caught anybody spreading uh, COVID from a gym. And it's obviously very important in winter when it's such a dark country to be able to go do some sport because it's just after five here, it's already pretty dark out. As soon as it gets icy and snowy in a couple of weeks, then we're not really going to be able to do any sport like jogging or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be terrible for people if the gym's properly, like, fully closed. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, is there, considering that you booked everything in advance, do you now feel like all the time slots have been taken already very fast or that isn't a problem as much as maybe some people expect it to be? I don't know. So I don't really know anyone from that gym, to be be perfect. Okay. (laughs) Because it's, I started going to that gym quite recently and I that's the, the the amazing part of working on your own business and also having like mainly US-based clients I get my yeah. clever work done in the morning then from 2 till 3 p.m ish I'll go to the gym when everyone mm-hmm. else is working in Switzerland so the gym is empty anyway mm-hmm. and people even now they still can't go to the gym at 2 till 3 p.m they have to be working from home so uh, it's still pretty much empty right now. Like, there's never ten people in there. I think with ten people, I might even consider whether I would go. To be perfectly honest, but yeah. it's like me and some random old guy who's twenty meters <laughs> away from me, which is fine. And um, we both have masks on, and washing your hands and cleaning your hands and, right. and disinfecting the machines and the, the weights between every use. So I feel pretty safe there. Yeah, yeah. I know that we've had issues with our gym when everything was closing down here. And when we were, and that was, I think in like March, like within the first wave. And I remember visiting their Facebook page, trying, trying to decide, should we still visit the gym or not? How safe will we feel? And they have these, all of these new rules, disinfecting after like the weights after your use. And I went to check their Facebook page, like what the comments were about that. And people were like, why should I even do that? It's the gym. It's sweaty. And I was like, nope, <laughs> not yeah. going back there. Yeah. Until you get where you're coming from. You need to feel safe there as well. So, Yeah. I, they're doing a pretty good job so far. Like I think a lot of it is nonsense. So they have like, they have tape on the floor around each like workout station, right? Like two meters distance. So you can't right. go near other people. But then obviously you have to walk past people to get to the disinfectant and stuff. So right. that's complete nonsense. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> How's yeah. 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 How working out at home going? I know, I, I think, was it two weeks ago you said you were, you started lifting weights again from home? Uh, 
yes, I started doing that regularly because I had back problems and I couldn't do it for a week and a half. And it was just like, it's so crazy because I can feel the impact on my productivity and overall mindset when I have a day where like when I don't train because I train five times a week, my productivity is down and I don't feel good about my day. So I always tell my husband that training puts a frame around my day and it sets me for the day. So now that I have started training regularly, I feel so good. I feel motivated. I'm more productive. And I always tell people when they ask me like, how are you this productive? When I tell them like how much I did in a day, I always tell them, you know what, just start training. I know it sounds crazy and it doesn't make sense, but just try it for um, a week or two and you'll see it for yourself. Like you're, you're more focused, uh, more productive. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. That's, that's great to hear. It's been a, it's been a good week outside of our kind of fitness and health regime. What have you been working on? The first update that I have for you is that I finally started working actively with contractors this week, which has been, oh, it feels so good. <laughs> Whenever there is a problem, like Facebook rejecting our ads, which happens a lot, that's a problem that like anyone can solve. Essentially, it's, you need to contact Facebook support and then be on the line with them for 15 minutes to 30 minutes and just solve the problem. And previously, I have spent so much time doing that, just getting our ads back approved. And now with a team, with a small team, I can just say, our ads got disapproved again. Can you please solve this? They're implementing new ads already. They're uh, updating the visuals. So it feels so good because I can take care of the high level stuff and the strategy and the things that maybe not everyone can do, but they can take care of the implementation, like clicking the buttons and learning more about my clients. So in a couple of months, they'll also be ready to start working with me on the strategy part and everything else. So that's been really exciting. I Considering that I now have a small team, I also was courageous enough to close a new client. <laughs> I know I said it's enough, I think, a couple of clients ago, but I'm really excited about this project. So I'm really excited about that. And the workshop that we talked about, I think on the last episode that I'm doing with two of my friends, we, yesterday, we have just sold out. So that's been really exciting as well. It's been going really well. And now people are already signing up for the new waiting list. Hopefully we'll open or we'll run another workshop in December. So yeah, those are all of the upda updates in a nutshell. Wow, that sounds great. So what does that mean for the science of Facebook ads then? Yeah, I've been making progress on the science of Facebook ads, but it is slower than expected. And I think like now looking back, I think that it has to do a lot with just onboarding the contractors. It's totally normal that at the beginning, they need a lot of handholding. For example, they, which like what I love about them is they want to double check if they're doing things correctly, considering that these are big budgets that we're working with. So they want to make sure, have we implemented this correctly? They have all the instructions, but they just want to double check. So it's been a lot of handholding for the first week or two, uh, which is totally fine. 
fine, but that has delayed the science of Facebook ads a little bit. Uh, but now that the week is over, I can see that they have grew confident, uh, more confident. They know what they're doing, which means that they'll be able to take a lot of the work from me and do it themselves without any handholding. And I think that I'll be um, making a lot more progress on the science of Facebook ads in the upcoming weeks. What I have actually decided, I know that I have been so firm on doing a relaunch this year. And oh, I still no. want to, yeah, oh, no. I still want to That was going to be my it. next question. Yeah. I still want to do it this year. However, I don't think it will happen this year. Or let me put it like this. I'm not setting a deadline. I decided that, you know what? I think I will feel better if I don't have a set deadline and I just work on writing the emails and then once I'm ready, I can relaunch it. So I haven't announced the relaunch anywhere, like the dates as well. We have just been talking about it here and it's not like a set date, a 100%, like a thing that I 100% need to do on that specific day. So I'm trying, the path that I'm taking right now is just trying not to be too stressed about the dates because I want the end product to be really good, meaning the emails to be really good and the sales emails, like everything top notch, instead of risking that quality just for the sake of launching the course or relaunching the course this year. Okay. So basically what you're saying is you are going on strike with the science of Facebook ads until there is a female vice president in the white house. Correct. <laughs> I understand that. That is a, a strong yeah, that, movement. Yep. 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 That's the motivation. Uh, yeah. But like, I'm excited still. I'm not what I don't want to be, which I previously was just too stressed about the a certain date that I need to relaunch the science of Facebook ads by. So yeah, hopefully I'll, I eliminated that with this new and refreshed approach. Yeah. I'm excited to see where it ends up when you manage to get it out. I think that's sounds like a, a wise decision. We were talking about this last episode and the episode before about how December isn't naturally necessarily the best time to launch a course anyway. So it's not like it's a bad business decision to do that. And right. I think it is working with new employees is yeah. or contractors. It's just, it's so much more work than you think it's going to be. Yeah. You hire people to free up more of your time, but the result is you have way less time for a month or two. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. you're basically doing all of your work and a lot of their work as well. Yeah. It's essentially an investment that you do. So like the payment that you have to, that you have to pay is actually your time, which means that you'll invest a lot of time at the beginning, but it'll pay off on the long run. And that's why I like really wanted to make a right decision with these two contractors because I don't want to be investing time in the wrong people and so far so good. So hopefully this is an investment for 2021 for sure. So really excited to, I just feel so good uh, right now. Like we, we have this pacing that we're doing with a client where we have to hit a certain amount of leads every day. And previously it was just like decreasing, increasing budgets all the time every day. And it was like, it was a 
good work, but still a little bit annoying and anyone can do it. And now I feel so good that I don't need to do it. So I don't know, just feels good. And it feels like I'm on the right track right now. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's exciting to see. It's one of those things I think also where you, just on the, on the financial side as well, people don't realize, I think that you can get to a point as a, a single consultant, if you're doing all the work yourself, where you can't take on any more work, but so you can't grow that way. But if you take mm -hmm. on other employees or contractors that can right. actually, you know, really hurt the profitability as well. And it can take right. a couple of months, even maybe a year or so before you get back up to actually having the same amount of money in the bank as you did before, just because it's, you have to make sure you have enough work for them like all the time. Right. It can be, maybe that's less of a marketing thing and more of a, like a development thing, but right, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it can be pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember uh, a talk that I had with Amy because for me it was, I haven't had a, uh, I, so I mentioned in one of the last podcasts or one of the last episodes that we recorded that I have tried hiring contractors before. It just didn't go well because they weren't a right fit. The problem with me wasn't really about the cost of the contractors. So the fees that the consulting fees and everything that I'll need to pay them, the, my problem was essentially just in trust. When I was talking to Amy, I think it was two years ago, maybe a little bit less, but we were talking about how I fired uh, a lot of my clients because I just was overwhelmed and everything. And she asked me about like, how much money were you making with those clients? And I told her, and she was like, you are crazy for not hiring contractors because you could have a lot less work. You could get new clients and do everything. So right now, I think she would be incredibly happy about my progress. But yeah, so far, I feel good. I think I've come to a point where, like I said, the cost really wasn't the problem. And I think that I have grown up in these two years since I last spoke to Amy to a point or to a version of myself where I know that if I want to make the next step in my business and as an agent, small agency owner, uh, so to speak, like this is a step that I definitely need to take. I don't think the trust is that trust is an issue anymore. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be exciting to see how that goes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So now I actually have a question for you because I know that you have launched like a mini project recently or yeah, mini project, mini product. Can you tell me more about that? I'm like, we haven't spoke about it on, on this podcast yet. Yeah. I, I hinted at it like, what was it? Like two weeks ago, I think two, two episodes ago, I think where I said we were about to launch this yeah. little side project called called reactions and i thought that might be something that would be quite interesting to talk about today because it's it's one of those things that i was surprised by just how well it's been working for us marketing wise at spark loop yeah and then i started thinking you know this is something we're doing very explicitly at spark loop then i started thinking about all of the other times sales for founders with my consulting all that kind of stuff where I've also released little mini projects and I'd never really thought of them like that, but they ended up, you know, being really useful for marketing. And uh, I see people trying to do this all the time, mainly technical founders. 
who, who don't really want to do any sales. They don't want to talk to people. They don't want to do any marketing right. work. They just want to do more of the building stuff that they find fun and try and do side project marketing or side product marketing that way. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about what has worked well for us at Sparkloop with that, what your experiences have been as well, and uh, maybe where we made some mistakes as well. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, I think I know what the reactions um, are, but can you just tell me a little bit more in detail what they're all about and how does it work? How does one sign up for it? Do you need to have a Sparkloop account or no, or how does it work? Sure. So at Sparkloop, like the main product is paid, right? Uh, it's our referral tool basically for newsletters. And our customers are newsletter creators. And there are a lot of other things that we see them trying to do or wanting to do and hacking together when we are helping them get set up to use Sparkloop. And when we see those kind of quite often, we think, oh, it would be super easy for us to build something that would help them mm -hmm. to do that. So Reactions is the new one, which is just, it makes it very easy to just add on Facebook. You can hover over some, hover over the like yeah. button and it shows you yeah. different emojis that you can choose your reaction. Basically, reactions allows you to do the same thing inside of a newsletter. So you can say, yeah, I loved this article. It was it was like smiley face, sad face, thumbs up, thumbs down. That then goes to, it's recorded as a poll, basically. So it, it's super simple. There's a, a bit more to it that makes it a bit clever. It's, it's free, right? This isn't the kind of thing that people are going to pay very much money for to use. Mm -hmm. And the same with one of our other tools that we, like another free tool we launched recently, these are all built like we built them in a day or two's work. So not a big investment for us at all. The other tool we have is called Proof. And that, again, it just lets you like add your newsletter subscriber account to your website. So let's say you want to you have a sign up form for your newsletter on your website and you want to say, join 300 people who subscribe to Moita's newsletter. Mm -hmm. Then you either have to put a very round number or you have to go back in and update right. the number every day yeah, or yeah. every week, which yeah. is a massive pain in the ass. So we just built a little tool again, completely free that just, you, you just copy and paste it in on your website. And it just gives you the exact, like the correct up-to-date number. Mm -hmm. None of these but, are big things that people are going to pay for or, or not a lot of right. money at least. Yeah. And I essentially, if let's say I want to use reactions in my newsletter, do I need a Sparkloop account or no? How does it work? I mean, that's a really good question. So at the moment you don't, because that would just be too complicated for us. You can just go mm -hmm. and sign up for these tools individually, right? There's an, in, like you have to sign up. If you want to use all of our tools, you have to create three accounts basically, which has, has its pluses and its minuses. It's easier for us, but also it's, it's a pain yeah. for people to have three different logins for what's like a very similar tool from the same company. It's, that's not right somehow. But yeah, that was the quickest way for us to do it. All these things that you don't have to put a credit card in or anything. And they've done well. So we promote them to our existing customers. We launched them in kind of places where our, our audience hangs out. We launched them on Product Hunt. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've launched these tools over the past couple of months. And they've directly driven, I want to say, about at least $10,000 of lifetime value. I'd say a surprisingly high chunk of our growth has, has come from there in some way. So 
I'm essentially wondering how, like, when it comes to scaling these free tools and getting more customers in, how how are you going to do it? Is it just by, let's say, word of mouth, and then you have you have it on your web page? Is there a strategy behind it, or is it like a tool where you built and rely on itself so that it takes off? Yeah, I, I mean, I. I don't know there's a right answer to that. That's something I've been thinking about a lot is when we think about whether we're going to build a tool or not, like how, like what makes it a tool that we should build and is going to work for us as marketing versus something that probably is is going to be a waste of time because you can build something useful that wouldn't really work at all. And I think what we've noticed is that with proof and with reactions, what's worked really is both of those tools are inherently viral, right? So right, yeah. them, you put them onto either in your newsletter or you put them onto your website as a customer or as a user, I should say, because it's free. And there is a little powered by Sparkloop logo mm-hmm. on that you can click and go and find Sparkloop. So it grows itself for us. It's something nice. that's valuable for our customers and it, it gets itself in front of more and more people. They check it out. They want to do the same thing. And maybe they want to use Sparkleap as well. We have some, some onboarding emails and funnels there to say, hey, if you like this, then you're really going to like the proper Sparkleap app. And yeah, that seems to be a really powerful kind of growth channel for us. It's similar to what Unsplash did, I think. And it's, yeah, it's the kind of thing I think that in the, the course world sometimes as well, that you have all these like lead magnets that people can sign up for that they can share with their friends and stuff as well. So I, I don't think it's really any different from that. It's just for some reason people see, oh, this is coded versus this is a, you know, right, an, yeah. info, an info product, an ebook or something. For me, it's all the same, I think. Yeah, because it's still essentially a free product that can be a part of something bigger. So my, I, I also like, I have a question because I know how it works from, let's say an online course owner's perspective, let's say that I want to create something free for the science of Facebook ads. So I have this paid course, which is about $500. That's a pretty, pretty good money. So what I want to, what I want to do is I want to create something smaller, give people a taste of the science of Facebook ads, give something of value, give something for free. So I would create either like a bundle of videos where you can learn more about developing a Facebook advertising strategy. Uh, I would create like a mini course, et cetera. And essentially what I would do, and I know how it works from my perspective is they would, let's say, download that mini course, they would go through that mini course. And then essentially I could enter them into an email sequence that promotes the science of Facebook ads, uh, maybe nudges them towards that direction of buying the, like the full product that is the uh, $500 course. What I'm interested in is how it works for you. So let's say I sign up for reactions because that's something that I want to include in my newsletters. But how, like, do you then market to those um, customers or users in a similar way than, let's say, I would do with the science of Facebook ads? Or do you do it differently? Maybe not do it at all? Yeah. So we, they go into an onboarding 
funnel, which gives them some ideas of how to use the free reactions tool. And it also tells them about the other tools we have. Now, some of those are free and one of them is paid. So it's not like an upsell in that sense. It's right. Hey, you're using this. You'd probably find these other tools useful as well. Go get this one for free. Here's how it works. And then maybe an email later, I'll say, oh, and here's this other one that's also free. Check that out. Oh, and right. by the way, here is the paid one. If you want to find out more about that, click here, click there. And then it's not like super involved, right? We're not trying to push them hard on it then. Right. We just want them to know basically when you need, when you think you want to add a referral program, we are here. We are the best for that. And then they go into our newsletter, right? So every month we'll send them exciting, interesting stuff like interviews that we run, articles on how to grow their newsletter, things like that. And there'll be a reference to, to Sparkly in there, obviously, and it's coming from us. And the important thing is it's more, it's less about getting the people who sign up for those tools to convert straight away to paying us. And it's more just to make sure that we're top of mind if they ever decide to use a tool to do that. Right. They should know about us and they should they should be able to think, okay, when they think referral program, then they think Sparkloop. That's right. the idea. I think that's really powerful. And I think that's something that software companies have had a really hard time doing is thinking in terms of like years when it comes to acquiring customers, not in terms of weeks or days. People are so good at doing like that or a lot of people are good at doing that kind of like welcome sequence of or that short <laughs> funnel, right? From, from ad to lead magnet, to converting to a call or converting to paid. It all happens very quickly, which makes sense. If you think about like where most of the growth marketers have come from, they tend to be in tech from, from the bigger startups. So like the Airbnbs, uh, the Facebooks, the people who are trying to grow as fast as they can. Right. But we don't have that pressure. We don't have the investors. Uh, we just want to make sure that whenever someone decides to run a newsletter referral program that they choose us. So if that's right now, great. If that's in six months, great. If that's in a year, that's absolutely fine too. But yeah. they should go with us. Yeah. And the in, in my opinion, that kind of a foundation is also a lot stronger than if you're trying to force their hand and push them in that direction with just sales emails, sales calls, et cetera. So I, I look at it as just planting a seed and then letting it grow for a couple of years. And it's uh, the strategy that you previously mentioned where people and like software owners are just pushing people too much in the direction of the sale is the equivalent of like when people, the mistakes that people do on Facebook with Facebook ads, when they ask me like, what's the number one, number one problem and number one thing that business owners typically do wrong when it comes to Facebook ads is they want to close the deal too soon. So like as soon as they have someone visit their landing page, they're like, yeah, this is a lead. Let's just retarget them and just push them towards that purchase and just force their hand and do it like that. And that typically fails. So I think the strategies here are very similar. I think the approach that you're taking is more of a long-term approach, but a lot more firm when it comes to the foundation of what you're doing. Yeah, totally. And it makes me think about it back to the like the course side of, of things as well. So that the course business with sales for founders and, and you with the science of Facebook ads, it's had me 
like when I realized what was working about proof and reactions, right? That it's a, it's a valuable tool that our audience wants that provides them value that they're going to tell their friends about because it would be good for them as well. And that kind of educates people to use our paid tool, but more importantly, like it's inherently viral. It gets it in front, it gets us in front of more people by them using it. So the more people use it, the the bigger the loop gets. And that just brings me back to how, because I think in courses, there isn't really much of that going on. Like we have the lead magnet side of stuff that helps with conversions and helps with the education a lot, but we don't tend to see many kind of side projects, small products that actually help people get in front of others. And it's had me wondering how we can, how we can do that on the, 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 the info product or on the course side as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely like the solution is not that straightforward. I think it requires a lot of creativity, lead magnets. Sure. But yeah, like how what I'm still like, when we're discussing what you're doing with, with reactions, the problem that I keep hitting in my head is like, how do you, because with reactions, you nurture people and you're letting people use your product all the time, like without charging anything for it. Yeah. I'm still not completely sure. How do you do that with a lead magnet? What, what I'm doing is for example, but it's definitely not the same once they uh, download the mini course and they go through the course, uh, they enter into the regular subscribers. They get all the value emails um, all the time that I send out weekly. They're invited to weekly or let's say monthly webinars, Facebook live videos, etc. But apart from that, I th- there definitely needs to be some sort of a creative solution that comes closer to what you have going on with the reactions, but I haven't been able to find it yet. <laughs> no, same. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I was thinking one thing that might work, like in some way, is maybe like you gave me the idea with your that Facebook ads quiz that you right that you did a couple of weeks ago. Right. And I was thinking, is there some way to make that kind of inherently viral or inherently shareable? Is mm. that the kind of thing that you could maybe you would want to either share your results, give them a really easy kind of screenshot of their results to share on LinkedIn or Twitter or somewhere like that. Or is it the kind of thing where you could have them challenge one of their friends and like one of their colleagues and go head to head, that kind of thing. Mm, Yeah. Um, Takes a bit more work to set it up, but that's that's the kind of thing that could be, it only has to grow very slowly. And over years, you get a lot of people uh, using it. Yeah. I think, I think there still is that problem because like when people first, you definitely get the virality aspect. However, I think the, like the problem where it would still differentiate from what you're doing with reactions is they would do the quiz once and they'll get the results and then it's done. There is virality when you invite them to share your results with your friends and challenge them to do this. But still like that question for me remains like how is there a way where you could get people to use something or do something frequently yeah like you do with reactions yeah I'm wondering is that something like so when people run Facebook ads they run like campaigns right I guess like they're always running Mm -hmm. Facebook ads and they're always trying new ones is that the kind of thing where they could give other people like compete head to head on getting feedback on their like a screenshot of their ad or something like that 
is mm. there. I don't know what it would be, obviously, because I, I know nothing about this audience, but I'm wondering if there's something there where you can get people to come back again and again and compete or share or, or do something more socially that would have them sharing it externally and also coming back and again, right? Yeah. yeah. That's definitely something that I want to think about. I think uh, it's a really good idea, actually, <laughs> because when people launch Facebook ads, that that's a pain point. They're, they don't know if the ads are good. Um, like I've been working with Facebook ads for years, so I can tell you like exactly like when I see an ad, I can tell you if you're tar targeting the right target audience, will they respond to an ad in a positive or negative way? Mm. But people that are doing this for the first time or maybe for the second time, they haven't been doing it for a long time. What they typically do is they'll come to a point where they're ready to launch an ad, but they maybe don't want to do it because they're not sure if it's good enough. So that should def that is definitely something that maybe I want to think about in the upcoming months. Like how could I do a mini project product where opinions could be exchanged, especially if let's say I can offer an opinion and people who have been doing Facebook ads for a long period of time and can recognize good Facebook ads immediately. Yeah, because Facebook ads are the kind of thing that you A, B test quite a lot. You have yeah. multi, like multiple variants. And what you could do is you could build a library and have people like they could submit their own ones where they, after they know the results, for example, of yeah. A and B, and you could have it so that you, people could go on that site, for example, and click through five different ones and say, which one of these would, do you think is going to perform better? And then at the end, they get the results, maybe with a, a couple of words about why each one worked, like why the one that won probably won mm. and then share their results. I'm a, or whatever, an eight out of 10 kind of expert at this or something like that. This is so good. Like, I, I love how it, this turned into a brainstorming session. <laughs> I mean, that, that may be completely stupid. I have no idea. So I don't know the audience, but that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. I think people love guessing. I think people, <laughs> like, if, if they would see, let's say there was a quiz where you get two variations of an ad and you know, guess which ad performed better. I think that would be fun, engaging. People will definitely return back to test their knowledge and not just test their knowledge and have fun, but also from doing that, you learn a lot because you can see two different versions of an ad or two different ads and see, okay, this performed better. And you look at the ad, why did it perform better? So you're, it's not just fun. It's also very educating. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly that kind of thing. I was thinking of doing the same thing with sales for founders for cold emails, for example, where people can yeah. read like a short cold email, two different variants and say, okay, which one is better? Mm. Uh, which one is oh, that kind of thing? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it works, but like that would fulfill like the, the criteria of what seems to make a technical side project work well for right. marketing. Right. Because it, it just seems I, I get so frustrated by people I have so many of those in the sales of founders course. There are, there are so many technical founders in there who are there because they're not very good at sales and marketing, obviously. Mm. So they're there for that. And also then they don't necessarily want to do that much sales and marketing. Mm. So they, they're desperate to find some way to do what they're already good at instead. Right. And then they just end up with exactly the same problem, but for a right. free product. <laughs> okay. So you don't know how to get more customers interested. So you're going to build something that's free. Great. Now, how do you get customers interested in that? And then how do you get customers interested from that to the actual paid thing? Right. It's well, like making more work. It's like, okay. I have to 
to walk up this mountain so I'm just going to dig a big ditch in front of the mountain first yeah yeah sometimes it definitely pays off like going in a slightly different direction so I'm excited about what we just talked about and definitely have a fun project to work on after I relaunch the science of Facebook ads because I don't want to have too much work. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I was planning on holding you to the December launch date. So I'm... Yes. <laughs> says, I don't know what to do now. I feel like I should publicly shame you. No Christmas presents. <laughs> and I have s- such a long list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Spe- speaking of things to do, we can talk about what we're looking forward to next week. And this is definitely not one of the things because I'll postpone this project and the brainstorming until 2021, I hope. (laughs) Yeah, I'll go first. So this week coming up, I need to turn Sparkloop's website into a proper website that looks like a big company owns it, right? Like it has, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we have a couple of blog posts. We have, I have so much backed up stuff. I have these amazing interviews that are just in raw kind of format, in audio format that need to be articles, they need to be shareable, they need to be online somewhere. All the resources that are in emails, they need to be online as articles, viewable, like searchable for the SEO as well. All of this stuff is like some of it's 90% done, some of it's 10% done. From the outside, it looks like nothing's really happened, but I just need to get each of those cranked out and ready. And the most important thing is I need to find some way to remove myself as the bottleneck for this and I don't know if that's hiring someone I don't know if that's working for example with like audience ops Uh, I know they're quite popular to basically say okay here is some raw audio footage that I've created here are some bullet pointed lists please go and turn that into content that people can can consume I don't know if you have any experience with that but that's a the big thing that I'm going to be thinking about for the next week for sure and, and how, how long do you feel like, let's just look at the total revamping of the page. How, how long do you think this will take you? Is it something that you're hoping to get done by the end of 2020? Or is it a longer project that you'll be working um, on in 2021 as well? No, so I've given myself till the end of, we do six week cycles and the next one right, starts yeah. uh, starts next what the starts at the end of next week so i'm just finishing up i have a bit more spare time i we've got through the stuff that we wanted to do a bit early so basically till the end of the year like i want to get this stuff up and running and i want to be proud of the site and i want it to reflect where we are today rather than where we were when we created it in in july because mm-hmm. a lot has changed since then mm-hmm. but yeah it's never going to be finished right it's, right. it's no, <laughs> i wish it were finished one day but it should be finished enough for me really not to have anything to do with it anymore we're not a big company at all but we are at the point that we can probably we can't justify a full-time hire to do this not someone who would be really good that would be too expensive for right now but right, yeah we also can't justify me doing it anymore Mm-hmm. which is well, or manual either he has even more important stuff to do I, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah we, we can't justify that so it's that awkward position that we're in so I, right. I'm not quite sure what the right thing to do is there should we yeah. do we go with audience ops who are really great at this but who's to say that the same person who's writing for us there is still going to be there in a couple of months who's to say they don't double their prices and we can't pay that anymore mm-hmm. they're a great team, but they, they make money on that kind of so long-term, maybe it doesn't make that much sense. 
but then going about hiring and finding someone to do that and judging these people like who's going to want to do that like one day a week or two days a week I don't know yeah what's your plan for the the week then first I want to just make more progress when it comes to the science of Facebook ads. Like I said, I don't have a set deadline. However, I, now that I don't have a set deadline, I, I don't want to be that person that says, you know what, now I can just slack and chill and not do anything about the science of Facebook ads for another year. So hopefully I already started working on new emails. So hopefully I'll have that up and ready very soon. And the next thing that I'll be doing next week is podcast interviews or actually being a podcast guest. One of the things that really worked for me a couple of years ago when it came to, I don't know, just like overall marketing and outreach and me getting out there and marketing myself and super spicy media as a business uh, were podcast podcast interviews. So I've been a guest on, I think it's like 15 to 20 podcasts and it's been going really well. It's something that people keep returning to. So once I'm a guest at a podcast, like it never, it goes away, so to speak. So what I, next week, I actually have a couple of interviews and hopefully I'll be able to schedule a lot more interviews for a lot more interviews by the end of 2020. So I'm excited to do this. It also, it's not just about marketing myself, but what I love about these podcast interviews is that I get to meet new people, meaning listeners to those specific podcasts. So I always get people writing emails, just asking about a certain problem that they have stumbled upon. And I'm just eager uh, to help. These are typically problems that are solved within minutes. If if you've been doing Facebook ads for, for as long of a time as I've been doing it. Yeah, really excited about that one as well. Awesome. Yeah, I love, I can't recommend the podcast interviews enough for, especially if you run a course or an agency, right? Something where you, you want to be, you want people to know that you're an authority on something. And especially sure. at the moment where there are no conferences happening. That was right. originally my big goal for my kind of being 28 for this year, basically, was to go and do some conferences for the first time rather than just workshops and stuff. And obviously that got cancelled. Yeah, but I converted that into podcasts instead. And I've really enjoyed going on them. They've been really useful for sales for founders. They still haven't made it on to the, there's one that I want to go on that I haven't been on yet, which is annoying me. Still want to go on startups for the rest of us. I still haven't been on. I haven't actually asked, but that is the one like that is left the big one I think that I would love to go on so yeah there are still a few weeks left in 2020 uh, so go get it (laughs) yeah I I have I just I don't know the right angle there's three different angles that I could go and talk about which is you're lucky in a way that your agency work is so closely related to what you're doing with the course because if I go somewhere and talk about Sparkloop that's nothing to do with my sales for founders stuff so there's there's no overlap there at all really so it's difficult to know what to go and to go and pitch people mm-hmm. on, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought of just one last thing? Cause you said you're going to be working a lot on the, the emails for, you don't have the pressure on you for, for the science of Facebook ads. Have you right. thought about working a bit in public or inviting some of your potential customers for that to give you feedback as you create for it? 
So I have been trying to connect with a couple of my customers, existing ones that have been through the course, like just to, I don't know, get to know their pain. Like I know their pain points from interviews, but still I think talking to people is incredibly valuable when it comes to like creating the direction in which you want to take your emails to. So the problem was that we are having, or at least like I'm having just trouble finding the right time to speak to them, uh, or it's like the fault of both me and the customers because like they go silent for then they respond, they then like, they are not available. I'm not available. So I've been thinking about it, but just not and working on that, but just I not having any luck so far. So I think on my um, to-do list for next week is actually to reconnect with a couple of them now that like a few weeks has passed since I last contacted them. So just, I want to reconnect, schedule some calls, hopefully and get this going. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's something that I've never done either. I've always been create something, get feedback on it, make it better, get right. feedback and so on. But I don't know if do you know Rob Fitzpatrick who wrote The Mum Test? Um, mm, not sure. No, so he wrote a really good book on customer development called The Mum Test. He's a really okay. nice guy as well. And he wrote a couple of other books. And as he was writing them, like he invited me and, and some other people in just to give him feedback on the book. And basically we entered into a word document with 15 different bullet points and gave feedback on those as he was writing it. And just over a couple of weeks and a month or two, he was fleshing out this book and just anyone could just, not anyone, but anyone with the link could just like jump in and give a comment and give some feedback. And right. he would be answering that in real time. And it, I don't know if I would love or hate that, but right. I, I'm considering doing it for the next one because it, it's totally different to how I've done stuff before, but it sounds like it could be useful. Yeah. Like I said, something that I've been trying, but just it's it's hard to find people that would be really active when it comes to that. At least that's my experience. So they're like, sh- yeah, sure. Like I can give you testimonials, but yeah, anything else I'll need to, I'll need to think about it. The target audience that I'm working with so far they haven't really like they're doing they're doing their own things so they're running their facebook ads and that's it so hopefully i'll get more lucky um, as i move forward yeah it sounds like a different audience right they don't have the time yeah. <laughs> maybe my audience would yeah of course right. not like for everyone yeah should we leave it there yeah let's leave it there also have a great weekend uh don't celebrate too hard and same <laughs> we will talk soon talk soon this was the sub podcast. If you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You can find Louis at Louis Nichols underscore, and you can reach out to me, Moitza at Moitza Mars. Not sure how either of those are spelled out. We get that a lot. Just check our show notes for more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to follow along and leave a review if you like our casual check-ins. Thank you for listening.